What's going on, ladies and gents? I'm Franklin Cooper. Tristan Jones. Marcy Gonzalez. And you are watching Watchers in the Basement. What's going on, peeps? Uh, today we'll cover episode six of the now fast acclaiming show, 1923. Um, this episode is called One Ocean Closer to Destiny. And after watching this episode, you get an understanding why. And it means a lot more meaning than just one, especially with Spencer and uh, Alex. But it seems like the crew is still trying to get things assembled. Uh, more ways to one, try to create a a resistance against uh, Creighton Banner and and, and his crew. Um, Marcy, what was your thoughts on this episode today? Um, I love that we did get a resolution from the last episode. It didn't kind of leave us hanging or drag out the whole tugboat capsizing um, story. So I'm glad that we got that. I'm glad that we kind of um, see Tiana again. So we know she's good and on her way. And we got more Harrison Ford in this episode, which I really, really liked. So um, I thought it was a really good episode. T, what about you? Same. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it was like a super spectacular episode, but like I just thought it was a really good episode that moved the story forward. Um, uh, really great Helen Marin, Harrison Ford, and uh, Alex, I forgot uh, I forgot her, uh, Julia something, but um, uh, great episode for them, act acting wise, like just great performances all around. I, I think so too. I I, uh, I actually love the episode from the standpoint that um, you're starting to see all the dominoes fall now. Um, I'm getting more of an understanding and, and, and glimpse of uh, of Spencer's fears, which he he, he never really talks about like his fears and like what he's going through. I, I mean, I get it. He's had a, he's had a long dark childhood going to his adulthood. And, um, and we'll, we'll get to that later about, you know, him talking about his dreams and his fears to Alex later on this episode. But um, I, I like this episode so much. It's probably my third favorite episode of the season so far. Um, for the standpoint, anytime you get a lot of Harry Mirren, a lot of uh, uh, Harrison Ford, that's a recipe of great success. And they both had some monologues in this episode that just, it floored me in a great way. Um, I saw both their points, and you get you get a better understanding of their relationship. It's more of a symbiotic relationship between those two, especially back in those days in the twenties where men didn't really see women as um, as a confidant or view them as an equal in the relationship. And you can tell that when Jacob falls off the wagon, um, Helen O'Kara has no problem of putting him back in his place, and Jacob has no problem receiving that. And 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 not taking offense to it. So I, I I got more insight in their relationship from that manner as well. Um, it moved pretty well. Um, wasn't much action to it, but the, but with shows like this, even though I love action, no, give me that, give me great dialogue. And I feel like in this episode, I got really great dialogue um, with the cast in, in general. Um, let's talk about the opening scene of this episode. So we still see Tiona's there with, uh, with Hank. Um, in the mountains and the and Hank has an idea of like giving Tiona his uh his son's clothes so she can masquerade as a boy to try to protect her until he can get her um to to her father. Uh Tristan, what do you think about Hank and Tiona's relationship um in this episode now? I think it's not been three episodes now since we see them together. Um I I think the the show is uh showing us uh, allowing us to build a connection between Tiona and Hank. Um, he is like, I guess, her protector. 
um, in this instance, which, you know, the cynical me tells me that they're leading to like <laughs> some type of uh, tragic ending for young Hank. Um, again, they're also at the same time building up the chase for Tiona, right? Um, not just from the priest, but, you know, law local law enforcement. So, you know, at some point that's going to come to a head before she reaches her final destination. You know, I'm not, you know, hopefully not ominously. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see, you know, her, how the relationship between she and Hank is building, how she's starting to trust, uh, trust him uh, to get where they need to get to. But we just watch too much TV, right? And like, naturally that that conflict between their journey and the chase to find her and, and get vengeance uh for what she did is gonna come to a head probably as soon as next episode so i don't feel too good for hank marcy what are your thoughts on hank and his uh and his standing in this story and do you think that he he has a, he survives this or you think he might be a sacrificial lamb i don't know i think um it's good that we haven't had a lot of clues yet. Like so far we know we can trust Hank, but can we really, is it going to set up to where maybe Hank is going to betray Tiana or maybe try to take advantage of her in some way. So we just don't know. Uh, I hope he stays nice because he really does seem to genuinely want to help her. Um, but you can also see while he does want to help her and be his protector, she's not his first priority. You know, he tells her that when, um, she asks where his son Hank Jr. is and he tells her, you know, he'll be back. Um, and then she said, oh, and then like she'll, he'll take me to my father. And then he said, no, first he's going to eat and then he's going to sleep. And then like tomorrow we'll take you to your father. So that highlights that, yes, I want to help you, but you are not my first priority. Um, so hopefully, again, like Tristan said, we don't see it just kind of end badly for either Hank or for Tiana or for Hank Jr., who we haven't seen yet. Hank comes across as a as a, a well-read veteran, um, as far as like knowing the terrain, the land. Um, he talks about his past being in the Native American school as well, which gave me a little more insight of why of why Hank is doing this because um, he's been through it too. And um, and I would like to know you know how he got out of that situation because if it was bad for the women, I can't imagine how it was for the Native American boys as well. Um, my concern with Hank, and it's not really a Hank thing, it's more of a, I guess, an urgency thing. Tiona has told you that she's on the run. Like, this is, this is, they're actively looking for her. And they've now been in the same spot in the mountains for a while now. Uh, I'm, I don't know if it's been a couple of days now, but the search is on. And I, I feel like Hank doesn't really understand the urgency in the, in the matter of like moving Tiona along and getting, getting her in safe, in safe hands with her people. That's why I kind of I side with Tristan in this manner that I think he might not survive this because they haven't really gone anywhere since since she found since he found her. So um moving on to the ripple effects of Tiona's escape. Uh Tiona's grandmother, who we saw in episode four, um, she, she was trying to put in paperwork to adopt her and she and the state wouldn't allow it. But um she gets a knock on the door. I don't know if it's US Marshals or maybe just police officers. With a search warrants, they they ask who she is. They bum rush the door. Um, while the one agent's outside looking around, trying to see if, she, if there's any evidence of, T of Tiona being there, 
um, she, the grandmother gets upset and 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 wrestles with the uh, with the other marshal, and she gets knocked over and hits her head in the stove. It appears that she dies. Um, I don't know, man. I, I look. We spoke about this, I think, last week. I get like us knowing the history of like the Native Americans and what they've gone through in this country, as far as like the oppression and the subjugation and being put in these schools. I I need the payoff to happen immediately. This is like really getting dark for me. Um, and it's really getting to a point where I don't know if I can keep watching these scenes, man. Um, Tristan, man, what was your thoughts on that whole that whole situation with the U.S. Marshals and the grandmother? Uh, like I said, like at some point, okay, yeah, like we need to move past the um, demonstrating this historical fact through this repeated showing of like pain for a particular group. Um, and yeah, those, those scenes are hard to watch. I knew that I knew that um, Tiona's grandmother or aunt relative, <laughs> whatever she is. Uh, I knew that something bad was going to happen to her from the moment those dudes walked in because, you know, the show is taking great pains to illustrate the contempt that, you know, white people had for Native Americans at that point, you know, and still do uh, to a certain, to a large extent. Um, it's just really hard to watch. But again, I, like you, I need to see that payoff. I need to see the revenge or justice happen for you know, Tiana's grandmother for Tiana's cousin, uh, for the other countless Native American girls and and people in this in this story, uh, that it just seems like um it seems like is there's more emphasis on showing that them losing than showing justice for them, right? And this is where we have to remember that this is created by and written by a white man, right? Who even in his, I guess, good intent, um probably doesn't get that there needs to be at least some type of balance. Uh, otherwise it becomes like torture for entertainment, I guess. And, and here's another thing that we, I want to, I want to tie together too. So once uh, Tiona's grand, once Tiona's father, you know, finds Tiona, he's going to find out that one, that she's in, she's going to be, she's in charge for double murder and is on the run Two, I don't know if that's Tiona's, Grandmother, I don't know if that's his wife, um, this this grandmother, or that's you know, either way, it's a family member of his. So that might be even more spark to the fire of like them starting the war with uh with, with the covenant um in Montana. Um, uh, Marcy, where do you think this the uh, the ripple effect and the backlash is gonna happen, how bad it will go with uh once Tiana's uh, father finds out that his daughter is now a fugitive of the state and also it might be his wife. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which side of the family that grandmother's on, but that, that double whammy. What do you think that, that may how that may affect the Native American group and their tribe? I'm hoping, like Tristan said, that we do see some vengeance and justice for Tiona and her family and the grandmother. I, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I think that's her grandmother on her mom's side. But still, again, like you said, um, it's still a relative to the dad, and it's going to be difficult obviously for him to know that the grandmother has died and there's a search for his daughter and she's charged with double murder but also for Tiona I don't know how that will affect her as well thinking 
if I had just maybe stayed there, if I had continued enduring the pain, maybe my grandmother would still be alive. So we don't know how that's going to affect her. Um, so that will be interesting to see. But again, that's just more trauma inflicted upon her, which, um, like I've mentioned before, I think is just kind of a theme that we see in uh, Taylor Sheridan shows where there's just so much trauma inflicted upon women, upon Indigenous women, that it's just very difficult to see. Um, and again, it's just showing us that um, the law can act with impunity and just kind of go into your home looking for somebody, hurt you, kill you, and then still get away with it because they are, quote unquote, the law. Yeah, and, uh, and it seemed like when the grandmother uh, died, the other agent walks back into the house and <laughs> as black folks, we've seen this a lot of, a lot of times, I mean, as, as Hispanic folks too, with police brutality and set up, he's like, oh, he, she attacked me and, you know, she died. That's the story, right? Or some in that fashion, and he's like forced to agree with it. So um, I'm not sure that if that marshal is a good is actually a, a man of the law, and like he 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 holds the law close to his chest, and he has a he has a, a open heart towards everybody. But it seemed like he was hesitant. So I'm looking at that too, and I want to see if that plays a part down the line of him possibly coming out and like speaking the real truth of what happened. Um, so we, we shall see with that, but I'm definitely going to put linchpin in that for right now. Uh, Spencer, Alex, and their journey. So last, last we left them, they, uh, the tugboat uh, flipped over and it's upside down after the ghost ship um, collision. And now they're on top of the boat. And um, I don't know, man. Spencer might be the one. He might be the chosen one. I mean, between getting attacked by a leopard and on a tree with lions and hyenas and shit now on a boat, I, bruh, he's going to, he's going to cause havoc. You don't, you don't survive all this shit <laughs> only to like lose a battle at home. I I think the battle at home is going to be a small, a small tell of what he's going through. Um, Marcy, what are your thoughts on, on Spencer and, uh, and Alex um, on their journey? And do you think they make it this season? I, Cause it seems like it's been, They've been traveling since episode four. We're not episode six. Do you think the season is the is it is it going to be a the opening of next season? What are your thoughts on that? I'm hoping we do see them at least arrive in the states, if not Montana, by the end of the season. Um, it's been a harrowing journey so far. Again, you mentioned it. They've been up in trees, being attacked. Um, you know, now they're capsized on this tugboat. They've got to stay on it in the worst part of the day when the sun's beating down on you. Um, so it's been an interesting journey so far. I'm glad that they're not dragging it out. I'm glad that there's kind of like things happening. Um, I loved that they were able to get married. I thought that was just kind of really sweet that they were able to do that. Um, will they make it to next season? I don't know because there's, some some foreboding foreshadowing that's been thrown out there and I don't know if it's done to really foreshadow or it's used as misdirection uh, but when close to the end of the episode where they're on the boat and it's nighttime um, and she's like you know I love you you know I'll go anywhere with you you're going to be the death of me 
Um, does that mean that she doesn't make it to Montana? She makes it to Montana and like things don't go well there. Um, so I don't know if, again, that was put there for us to just kind of think, oh, she's going to, you know, meet, meet her fate or if it's just try to like misdirect us. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind anyway, of like, I um, it's the thing I've been grappling with is are they trying to misdirect or like what is Alex's fate? Like, uh, there's so much mystery wrapped around like the family tree of the Duttons, um, because we know where they are currently, and you're just trying to make you know piece so much stuff together. But I, you know, I Alex might might be my favorite character, um, so I'm absolutely rooting. For her to make it but there's so much foreshadowing of like just so much danger but also what i what I, I guess i ended with in this episode is that you can look at it one of two ways like all these all these obstacles that her and spencer have gone through since they met could foreshadow like a quick death for her or it's like okay she's they've been through so much like you didn't even mention the elephant attack <laughs> like the, ele the elephant, the fucking the the lions, the, the hyenas, the you know the tugboat, the, everything. Like they've been through so much stuff together um, that hopefully this paves a way for her, for them to have at least somewhat of a normal life, you know, in, when they make it to the states. But that's my hope. So I'm biased in that in that regard. Yeah, that, that that's my hope too. Um, I'm how I'm taking it is that all these obstacles that they're going through is it just a test to a test to their relationship and that when once they get to Montana, that even though this is a this is a big thing, like his brother's gone, his uh his sister in law's gone, like pe people have died on, on on within the Dutton camp. But maybe the show is telling us that what's going on at home. It's just a small testament to what you're going through as a man in this journey, um, with your love, with your, with your loved one coming back home, and uh, that's how I'm taking it. And I'm, I'm hoping that because Alex, she's such a an electric, eccentric character, and she brings life to the show. Um, and I think we need that with this show with so much darkness, so much despair. Um, the Duns are very not dull people, but they're very the the more the same. Whether it's Jacob, John. 1883's uh, Lee Dutton, the all this, the all the same when it comes to um, these these ideals that they that they stand on and they die on, and they're very much about legacy and very much about protection. And you need that that spark with, with the Alex to like bring the show to life and, and bring like a, um, a a lot of side of comedy and a lot of side of like just a level of interest that you don't really see with the with the Duttons as a whole. Um, so yeah, I, I think she'll make it. I, I hope she makes it. Maybe, maybe I'm just begging within myself. Who knows? But the the pathway of like to fast forward a little bit in the journey. Let's let's stay more on Spencer and, and Alex. Um, so that night they see they see a big boat, um, a ship, I guess, and uh, they finally get saved. And um, <laughs> my boy Benjamin Stark from Game of Thrones, man, shows up as, as the captain of that of that ship. And um, and they talk about you know Spencer's talking about how he, he needs to get back home and and um, but I think I can't remember the guys I don't know the guy's name in real life but he brings a good point of like with his his girlfriend being a, a 
an immigrant that it'll be it'll, it could take months for her to get accepted into this country. So they, you know they have an idea of of Spencer and and I was getting married right then and there. Um, Marcy, I, I gotta know, man, because I, I know I know there's a side of you that that, that speaks to the heart, and, and, you, and you have a much side to you. What was your thoughts on how that came about with their impromptu wedding on that ship? I thought it was really sweet. I could see it coming when he started asking the questions and he said, well, you're the captain of the ship. And I thought, oh, he's going to ask them to marry him. So I thought it was sweet that they did that. Um, the whole thing with the rings, I thought it was really nice when they were digging through and looking for their rings. Um, I like what Alex said, you know, um, isn't it kind of maybe some bad luck to be using dead sailors rings to get married? So that was my thought too. And it made me think of Yellowstone when um, Rip gives Beth his mom's ring. And I'm like, dude, that was your mom, your dead mom's ring who got killed by your dad. Like there's just some kind of like juju on that ring that I don't think I would want to keep on passing down. But um, I thought it was just a really sweet scene. I'm glad that they were able to get married. Um, and I'm glad that the captain ended up being like nice because at first um, just his facial expression, I was thinking, is he going to be some sort of bad guy? Now they're going to get into another situation after they think they've been rescued. Um, so I loved that. And I loved when the captain gave um, Alex his wife's ring when she wasn't able to find one that was uh, that fit her hand. So um, I just I like that scene. I thought it was sweet. Hold on, fam. I could be mushy too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that side twice in the 20s. I've known your black ass. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought it was sweet. Like I, I love what he said about you know not doing it as a benefit it is like it is a benefit but like that's not why i'm doing it like they what they they were right when they said like our whole relationship is like not waiting for for things not waiting till the next day um because as they find out like the next day is absolutely not promised so um like i love this relationship between them i love how she brings she fights through his sullenness um i love how he indulges uh, her talkativeness, like I, I love that relationship because you can tell they're literally bringing the best out of each other. Like she's forcing him to open up and we see more, we hear more about Spencer. We're starting to learn more about his past um, based on like her just, just kind of keeping the jabbing at him, just fighting through like that, that wall that he, he's built up uh, throughout his life because of his experiences. Um, so I'm just, I'm dying for them to make it like that. It's a great, it's a, it's a literally a, what's the word I'm looking for? It is a, a natural like relationship. Like they it started with like just fascination, like then, and it, they learn more about each other. Uh, they went through experiences and they built a bond. Like it didn't have to take months and years, like for you to us to see this bond. And, um, both actors have done a great job of portraying that bond in, in a short amount of time. I agree, Tristan. I think that's a great point. Seeing that relationship play out makes me think of relationships that I've been in and it feels similar to where it's like, oh, like it feels like a lived in relationship, not just, you know, two people that just met and just really don't have any chemistry. I love the relationship because, um, 
Alex has been through some shit, like <laughs> some shit, and largely because of Spencer and his his daring personality. And I mean, even with the elephant shit, like, why are you driving across the terrain by in Africa by your fucking self, like across the the, the African terrain? So like it, a lot a lot of the mess that been in was, was was because of him. Um, and not once. I mean, well, the first time she blinked, she was pissed off with the with the ele- the the lion and the elephants and shit. I mean, the lion and the hyenas and didn't want to be touched. Then thirty minutes later, they they fuck in a in a in a bed and dirty as fuck. But um, but she hasn't like questioned his leadership and questioned um the direction they're going. Like like not just emotionally, but like in the like physically, like in the time. Like she she she's a ride or die. Like she's not she's not gonna question him. She and she knows she knows deep down in her heart that he needs her, and and she she doesn't want to bring any type of like torture or any type of like hints of like hesitation in his life because it seems like his whole life has been a, but but nothing but torture and hesitation whether it was in war whether it was wanting to come home and see his aunt and his uncle. There's been nothing but hesitation and just despair in his life, and she wants to bring semblance of peace, love, and just loyalty. And I think Spencer is Spencer at first didn't know, didn't quite know what to do with that. Even like when they first met at that I don't know, I don't know dinner party or at that bar, um, he he didn't know what to do with it. And I think finally him opening up, and I know move a little bit further, but on the ship on the ship dock, him opening up by his dreams and his fears. That's when I felt like he finally was like. You know what? She's gonna she's she's gonna ride for me. She ain't going nowhere. I'm I'm gonna be completely open and vulnerable with her. And I don't think Tristan. I mean Tristan. I don't think Spencer is like I don't know. I don't know. Maybe thirty years of living has ever felt that way. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Tristan? About him like finally opening up and like realizing like this girl might be, you know, no matter what he does, she she's gonna be here for him. Well, I think the the biggest thing that he's fighting through what you kind of says is he's fighting through like that self-doubt that you deserve happiness, right? Because of, you know, the things he's lived through, seeing family die, being in war, like just really seeing like the worst of life. Right. And, and it can lead one to believe like, Hey, I don't, the happiness I get is fleeting. Right. I don't really deserve to have this long term. Cause he's like, Hey, the universe is telling me to put you back. Right. All all these experiences are telling me to put you back. And Alex just kind of rebuts like or maybe it's saying to keep me forever because of these experiences. So um, it's always like that glass half full glass half empty thing with love. Like either, you know, we're going through these things because we're meant to be together forever or, or because it's the opposite. Right. And Alex forces him to think about that optimistically. And he says, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to hope the universe is wrong and keep moving, right? Like, you just have to accept the happiness that you get for however long you can take it, right? That's all his life affords us. So um, I love that monologue. I love that that dialogue between those two at the end on the boat. Um, it just really encapsulates everything we've seen from their relationship. Like, Alex is a gangster. Like, she's in it because she wants to be in it right and that's the best type of love i guess right not and she left she literally left an arranged love that was chosen for her right for one that she chose right and everything that came with it so there is some a lot it's some poetic about it if not impulsive (laughs) but 
it's a beautiful thing to see. The more the more daring Alex is, the more she endures. It tells me one thing. The dude that she was with previously had to be a one dull motherfucker. For her to like be just so cool with everything they've been through shows me that she had, I mean, not, I get it was it was arranged and everything, but it shows me that the guy that she was she was with before was just like she might she might as well be watching paint dry. Just a dull ass situation. Marcy, what are your thoughts on um on Spencer on Spencer opening up and Alex, you know, being that 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 guide for him emotionally? It was nice to see because we don't see Spencer open up. Um, and I'm sure it wasn't something that happened a lot with men in the 1920s. Even now, a hundred years later, men are still not encouraged so much to open up and be vulnerable by society. So it's nice when they're able to do so because they should be allowed to do that. Just like women, like we feel that we are allowed to do that. So it was nice. I think it showed them um, being bonding more, right? He's being vulnerable and sharing how he really feels. Um, and again, I agree with that, right? Like if the universe is showing you something and giving you something like be happy with it for however long you're going to have it because you don't know how long you're going to have it. And, um, instead of just like putting her back, um, he just decided to, you know, embrace it and just kind of go along with this relationship because it is something that he wanted to do and wasn't just going to fight it because he felt like it wasn't meant for him. Let's talk about this, uh, this potential pathway to get back to Montana. So from my understanding, there's somewhere in the Atlantic. Uh, ben, uh, Benjamin Stark said that they, they're going to, the best best land in Galveston or, or Port Arthur Bay. That's Texas. So from Texas or Galveston, I mean, from Port Arthur or Galveston, you got to make your trek up north. How in the fuck are they going to be able to make it by the end of the season? Just just from there, like, there's no there's no planes at this point. The right brother, I don't think the right brothers have even, like, there's no commercial flights at this point. There's no, I mean, there's just trains, but again, Montana is, is is relatively a new state. So the it's still mostly agriculture, farming, and ranching. How are they gonna how are they gonna get there? Not by car, probably by train, but they get, get there by train, they might have to stop in the Utah or like one of these other progressive states. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they, they get there by the end of the season unless they just do some major uh, flash forwarding and, and they get there by the by the season finale. Um, is anybody concerned about this about this track, this pathway? Or is it just me? No, like yes, uh, because they still haven't gotten to Marseille, which is where the ship that they got rescued on is going to. So they're still on their way to Marseille, and then from there they have to track across the Atlantic to, um, and they're not going kind of to New York. They're going to go south, so it's either land in Galveston or Port Arthur, um, and then from there, obviously, I'm assuming the train. Um, and it might be a little bit easier to take the train from Texas north to Montana than from New York west, just because the geography is flatter. So I assume it would be a smoother and shorter um, train ride. So hopefully we do see that by the end of the season. But I do agree, like they are probably going to have to do some time jumps for us to be able to see that. Because I think what there's four, five more episodes. So, yeah. T, you seem very just like laid back, like this shit's like they're gonna get there in the next episode. Like, why you seem so calm about this shit? Uh, no, I'm not calm about it. I, I, 
after this episode, I, I became less um, confident that, that he'll get there, I, I guess, by like episode eight. Uh, but I think this is why we're going to have a season two of 1923, because maybe the biggest conflict that we see happens then and not by the end of this season. Um, I think so, a lot of this season will be about how much the Duttons lost before they started to gain it, it back. Right. Because, again, Elsa says at the beginning of the season in a narration, you know, the Dutton, that Jacob Dutton lost an empire. Right. And we still haven't seen that. Right. So I think more pain is coming to the Duttons before Spencer gets there. Right. And so, like, what we see now is so much of the tension of waiting for him. Now that we know that he's on his way, the new tension becomes now we're waiting for him to get there. And we're just trying to not to cross shows, but endure and survive until uh, until Spencer gets there. And then that's when the full. I guess you know now the full teams are, are are drawn and now now that conflict can like fully play out. So yeah, it's gonna be a while. Like this was what episode six. I I think he gets there episode nine at, at the earliest. So there's there's for sure gonna be ten episodes this season. That's what I thought. Like I'd seen somewhere. I don't quote me on it, but yeah, um, yeah, I agree, Tristan. A lot of the tension is, are they gonna get there? It reminds me of that movie High Noon where like all of the tension was the lawman is waiting for like the outlaws to get there. And that's the whole movie. It's just building up to this tension. So I think that's probably what the rest of the season is going to be. It's just building up to, is he going to get there? When's he going to get there? I also gave this some thought too. And after this, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to the Yellowstone. Um, so Kara writes a letter to Spencer. Spencer is, Spencer is, is told as, as this, the savior, the prodigal, the prodigal son that's coming home. Um, even episode four, when he um Kara's talking to, to, to Ban of Creighton, he's like, Look, man, my, my nephew's coming. Paraphrasing, we're gonna fuck you up. Spencer's, Spencer's one man. Spencer's been gone for at least before World War One. So looking like maybe six years. Is Spencer does Spencer have rank? Does he have a reputation to where men are going to fight for him. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like put together in my head like what comes with Spencer as far as like fighting for the ranch because he's just one man. So I guess, Marcy, my question is to you: What comes along with that? It, does does that name rise so strong that people in Montana or in the surrounding states are going to ride for Spencer and the Duttons to to fight this this war with the uh, with Banner? Like, what what does that look like? That's a good question. I have thought that too, because again, you know, she says my nephew's coming and like even Banner's kind of looking a little scared. And, you know, I'm thinking, what have you heard about Spencer Dutton that makes him feel like an, a threat being just one man? I think maybe it might be more that he's the type of man and the type of personality that can raise an army and raise a posse of uh, guys to be able to fight um, not so much that it's just like him himself is the strong one but I think it is like he's got like that leadership capability um, to be able to again like put together this group that is going to be able to fight for the Yellowstone but um, yeah like we know he's a badass but we don't know maybe why like Montana would know he's a badass or know of uh, you know how strong he could be 
and I, I think all these episodes, the previous episodes in a season always matter, right? Or they should matter to like ultimately where you're going. Um, and everything, the characterization of Spencer Dutton since episode one has shown us number one, that yeah, he's a badass, but two, well, two, he's charming, but three, he's somebody that people want to follow, right? The, the two, you know, guy, hundred guys that he had with him, like they were eager to follow him. Like it wasn't just that he's paying these guys. They were eager to follow him. Alex is eager to follow him uh, throughout anything. Like he, he's somebody who commands respect and that, that's shown through the way that uh, he's characterized by the writers and, and, and Taylor Sheridan. Um, so yeah, no, we don't know for sure how that relates to Montana. Uh, we do know that Jacob Dutton's name matters and it's very safe to say that Spencer had been known at least around the, their surrounding area before he went off to war. Um, like that Dutton, like the Duttons come with a particular code to where you at least know that whoever you're going against is formidable. So um, yeah, hopefully we'll learn more about that before the end of the season. Like what was Spencer like before World War One, before he went off? Um, but everything they've shown us before is at least would not surprise us when he comes back to Montana and is able to galvanize enough people to fight for the ranch. Yeah. Cause I would think that he was probably like 17 or 18 when he left for the war. So I, I will, I'm wondering what, what his stature and his presence um, meant to the ranch and to the state into like the area. If, if he is, a, a leader among men. I'm, I mean, I'm sure at, at now at his age, that he's a leader among men. You saw with the, you saw with him as a hunter, and um, you saw with, with his with his friends in in, uh, in Africa. But I just wonder what teenage Spencer was looking like and what he, that means and what he left behind and that if that's still there when he gets back. So uh, hopefully we do get a flashback of what it was um, before he went to war. Um, so we'll see. Let's talk about what's going back at the Yellowstone. So day by day, Jacob's getting stronger. He's walking unassisted without help. Um, that's how became. And he tells Zane, hey, um, let's try to put together the posse on the low. Um, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard the word posse since Phil Jackson in 2017, but <laughs> whatever. But um, And while that's going on, Kara, at the time, was I thought Jacob knew, but unbeknownst to Jacob, Kara is working with the sheriff to like find livestock agents, um, at least 20. And it looks like the interview's not going too well. <laughs> and there's a scene where, um, and again, we have, to, we, have to, we have to like remember the age of this time. This is in the 1920s. This is like right after women's suffrage. So it's still fresh on men's minds that they don't view women as equals. They don't fuck women as far as like their opinions. And- um, Or women's suffrage. Huh? Women's suffrage is 1924. Four or twenty-eight, one of the two. Oh, I thought it was late teens. Is yeah. it uh, so this is before suffrage? Okay. Mid to late twenties. So right before women's suffrage. So um, so the, there are a few interviewees who are who are being being interviewed for this livestock role. And like I guess unbeknownst to them, Kara's leading the interview. And this one particular guy is not liking it. He's he's like, Why are you questioning me? And um and Kara's nephew knocks him over the head and pretty much knocks him out. Um Tristan, what do you what are your thoughts on the interview process? And do you think do you think Carol's wrong not letting Jacob know that 
that she was doing this working with the sheriff i thought i understand why jacob would be upset with her telling the sheriff uh i think karen's right to tell the sheriff well i think they had a reason to be mad um because there there are legitimate concerns about in that time period it's not like a relative like it's not like the the matriarch or patriarch of a, a family dies and there's this legal process that plays out like the, in that time period a bank automatically assumes because if jacob dutton dies then the ranch cannot be viable financially going forward and they're going to take that away on account because there's nobody left but a woman as leader right so again that's a sign of the times um and jacob knows that right the same reason why Kara, um, the same reason why uh, Banner and all these guys think that the Yellowstone is so weak is because Jacob's down. Because the automatic assumption is a woman is in charge. So by definition, there's nobody to lead this ranch. So I get why Jacob's upset then because he understands the times. With that said, Kara was right to tell the sheriff because they need all the support they can get, right? If not, it becomes a lawless venture and they just don't have enough soldiers. They don't have enough organization to fight that without losing, you know, something else in the process. Um, so yeah, she was absolutely right, right? So, but I, I get the tension, but what she was conveying to Jacob, you know, in their argument is that you should trust me to make these decisions because of, again hopefully you talk about flashbacks we need to we need to to know how much of a badass Kara Dutton was before they got to Montana but she's leveraging those the things that she's done for him and I'm I presume with him in the past as reason why he should trust her judgment and not just fall victim to the same trope of her being a woman that everybody else does boy you pardon today boy you pardon today Marcy what are your thoughts I agree. She was definitely right to tell the sheriff because now at least he'll know and be able to support in some way as much as he can, even though he's still like very pissed off about it that, you know, they kind of took the law into their own hands. Um, And I loved the scene where, you know, first like, oh, don't be mad, but like, this is what I did. Um, It was just great to see Harrison Ford kind of back in his element of, um, you know, he was just so upset and he's talking to the sheriff about what they did and making his cause, right? Like I had to do this, like the law wasn't really going to do anything. Um, and the men are rotting on the border of Wyoming. So it is what it is. And, um, you know, after the sheriff leaves, he blows up at Karen. He's like, yes, I am mad that you did this. Um, so it was just a really great scene between both of them. Uh, I loved when Kara was like, I can't believe that you're turning your back on me after everything that I've done for you. I had to do all of this for you while everybody was suffering and you were asleep. You were knocked out. You didn't know what was happening. So I loved that scene where she just kind of took that power and just kind of reminded him that hey, I was here holding it down when you were down. And if I hadn't been here, who knows what would have happened? Um, so 
it was just a really great scene. I, I, I loved seeing this side of Harrison Ford come out because this is what I had been waiting to see in, um, in the show and I hadn't yet. Um, so it was just good to see just kind of old school 1980s thriller like Harrison Ford just be like pissed off and, you know, a badass. Yeah, I don't I don't think I, I mean, I definitely agree with y'all. I think Kara did the right thing. I wasn't really worried about the the aspect that what Tristan brought up as far as like um, the, the new way of of living now in the 20s. If a man dies and the woman, t- the woman can't, you know, handle the ranch or handle the, the state that the state takes over. The only reason I didn't ha- I didn't have I wasn't afraid of that was because. Sheriff McDowell and Jacob established their relationship in, in the first episode. They they've been not only just colleagues but friends for a long time. I think Jacob got there in the late 1880s, and I think McDowell's probably been sheriff just for just as long. So I think that I think the show did a good job of establishing level of trust between McDowell and Jacob. Even though Jacob goes off the rails sometimes and does what he wants to do, you can tell that McDowell gives him so much rope and so much so much uh, rain that he's not gonna he's not gonna arrest Jacob or, uh, or treat Jacob as, as any other um, breaker of the law. Um, there's, there's a level of respect there, even though Jacob does go, go off the rails sometimes. So I didn't have any type of fear had uh, Kara told the sheriff earlier. Um, I think, I think the sheriff would have, would have supported uh, Kara and the ranch regardless. Um, though I do understand Jacob's uh, point, but I wasn't worried at all. Um, we, we needed this. I mean, <laughs> Helen has been killing it all season long, but we had never seen much. We hadn't seen the point of like Helen, uh, well, Kara and Jacob having having it out. And I think the viewer needed to see that to to showcase the level of respect they have for each other. Yeah, Jacob was mad. Jacob's is is helping on revenge, and 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 Kara called out on it. Like you call it justice. I call it I call it pettiness. You know, you don't, you don't, you're not thinking about, you're not thinking about me. You're not thinking about the ranch. If you die, we're, we're done. Prince is not here. I had to bury, I had to bury, um, you know, Emma Dutton. You wasn't here for that either. You took nine shots. You got to think about what you're doing. Um, Cause every decision you make for the ranch, is going to affect us one way or the other. And I, and I, and it was, it was so golden globe Emmy type uh, of, of a monologue that is going to reign with me for a long time. And I think Jacob, yeah, I mean, I think every man needs that reminder from that woman, from the spouse, from the girl that, hey, you know, I rock with you, but don't forget, you know, I got your back and I'm not going to do anything to like jeopardize that. The things that I do for this family is for the benefit of, of, of not only uh, me, but you as well. So it was it was a beautiful scene. And, and you find out later on, you know, Jacob tries to go on a, on a little horseback ride. He, he's, he's injured. He comes back that night and I wouldn't call it an apology, but I, I would call it Jacob pretty much realizing um, and appreciating and, and, and reappreciating, let her know that, look, I appreciate you, you know, but but the monologue with, with Jacob was, was even better, well, not better, but like it was even more tearful because he, like John in the, in the manualist on show, you see that the Duttons um, have a fear of, of, uh, of progression, of progression, especially with the land, because this is all they know. All they know is ranching. All they know is 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 is, is cattle herding and, and, and all the, all the things that they do. And the fear of, of progression is the fear of them losing their way as 
not only as as men, but as you know, their identity. So I, I did understand the, the the part of Jacob talking about, you know, hey, Kara, envision New York, envision Chicago, envision it without vision before what it was. And it, it made sense. It, it, it truly made sense. Uh, Tristan, what was your thoughts on, on Jacob um, pretty much um, laying out why, why he why he's doing what he's doing to Kara? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it it's meant to provide like a, a larger context for, you know, the present day John Dutton um, and his opposition to, you know, what he views as progress or, you know, unnecessary progress or harmful progress. Um, but what we know as viewers, and I guess what they don't know in 1923 is that that progress is inevitable, right? Innovation is inevitable, right? So at the same time that, you know, they're fighting this, this different type of innovation, which is a threat to their land, threat to their livelihood, their family, their legacy. They're also embracing innovation through you know, motor cars and, and, you know, getting, you know, in-house plumbing and all these things like innovation is going to happen. Right. And at some point it stops being a luxury and becomes a necessity when your environment and everything around you uh, necessitates it. So um, it was a, a very poignant monologue. It was sweet because, you know, he was at least Jacob's thinking about something larger than himself. Right. It's just ominous for us as viewers, because we know that it's a fruitless venture because innovation, innovation got them the guns that, that, that he needs to defend the family. Right. Like it's it's an inevitable thing. So. Like it's 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 a, it was great. It's great acting by Harrison Ford. As Jacob Dutton, like it's all for naught. Marcy, what are your thoughts on Jacob's explanation to Kara why he 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 needs to do this for the family? I thought it was a really great explanation because it does help her just really envision it, right? Like understanding why he's so opposed to it. And this was even a hundred years ago when he's telling her all these cities are terrible now because of so-called progress that wiped out, you know, the bison and the bears that were there and like the beaches and now it's just you know you've got nasty sewers and there's disease everywhere um and again this was a hundred years ago it's even worse now um but i think it's also interesting because i think jacob would be um kind of interested to know that a hundred years later people want to get back to more natural ways of living and you know, we're seeing now like everybody wanting to go to Montana and live there because there is more wide open space and there is, you know, a much more simple way of living than uh, people had been used to in some of the bigger cities now. So um, I think it's just great to show that it's all cyclical, um, you know, because that's what's happening in Montana now. Native people, you know, people that have lived in Montana for generations are upset at the newcomers because of shows like Yellowstone and uh, 1923 that really uh, make people want to go back and, and live there. Absolutely. Um, let's, let's get to Jack and Lizzie. So we so we finally see them. Um, they're they're legally married now. I know they did the, the, no, just by okay. 
so, so not legally married, but they went through the ceremony on, um, at the ranch. Um, so they're, they're, they're waiting to legitimize their marriage. But um, it looks like Lizzie's uh, is going through a pregnancy right now. And Jack, this scene just showed me how how much Jack is not ready to be a leader yet, man. Like the simple the simple biology, man, of like pregnancies and like like bro, you you're just not ready. I I I, I and I it I'm really impatient with Jack because I feel like he needs to grow up. Like he needs to have a better understanding of like, and I I I, I kid about the biology a little bit, but like it's it's a testament of how immature he is. And this man is so quickly to go into war and like you know take the pedestal of like being that that doesn't have fight that that puts together a posse and fight for the fight for the ranch. And I think him like just not knowing the biology of pregnancy signified how green he is and how much more he needs to grow. Um, Tristan, what were your thoughts on that, that whole exchange, man? And what do you what do you think of Jack's character so far? Are are, are you disappointed? Because I. I'm pretty disappointed of, of this track so far as a developing character. What about you? I am disappointed, um, which to answer your question, answer both questions at the same time, worries me about the fate of Jack, <laughs> Jack and by extension, Elizabeth Dutton. Um, because again, char characterization matters, right? And a lot of times the show doesn't have to give you like these huge events over and over again to show you like somebody's character. Sometimes it can be like these very little moments that remind us, hey, Jack is young as hell, right? Uh, even though he may have experienced some things, cool, but like he's still really young, both in age and experience, maturity, knowledge. Um, he means well, right? And a lot of times what we see with characters who mean well, but just are immature in so many different ways is those two things don't mix because they they come to a head at the worst times like oh you want to save the family so you jump into you know this suicidal moment right and now you've made things worse right uh and i can see that for jack so i i think that's why the show is characterizing him the way that they are is to show like a complete contrast between the guy i guess we would expect because he's right there to be the heir apparent to kind of step in and be the leader when the family needs it most and the guy that hey actually this is this is a leadership guy right and once again everything's building towards once he gets back at least there's a hierarchy for how things should go what roles uh everybody should play in you know the coming conflict and just saving the legacy of this family uh going forward uh so again we we're supposed to like jack because you know, he means well he's you know i stand up for my aunt like he's you know good old country guy <laughs> like there's some gaps and some leadership gaps or some uh decision making gaps there um that are accentuated in this scene not i mean again it's a sweet thing like couple about to get married still they you know very much in love and and, and all that stuff but like it's, it's also supposed to let us know that he just doesn't know shit, right? In a very sweet way. He doesn't know shit, right? And that could come and bite him and the family in the ass later. Marcy, let me ask you a question uh, regarding Jack. Uh, with his clear immaturity and, and lack of intelligence at times, do you think Jacob and John Sr. failed him in some form or fashion as far as getting him ready, um, as, as far as being a, a future leader of this household? 
That's a good question. I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to answer that just because we we're only six episodes in and we've seen I don't think we've seen enough of Jack to know if it's a Jacob and John senior failing of not teaching him or just Jack just seems a little slower. Um, you know, he's not the brightest, you know, crayon in the box. So um, I think that might just be him. I think he might just be maybe not slow is not a good word, but maybe he's just more naive and he's just more into the rant and the land and being a cowboy than really knowing um, biology of pregnancy or how a woman can tell when she's pregnant. Um, but that scene was just kind of cringy to me because of that. And I tried to conceptualize and, you know, say, okay, like it's the 1920s. He's a guy, guys, probably guys didn't really learn about this right in school. Um, and it wasn't considered polite to talk about. Um, so I was trying to give him, you know, some grace and benefit of the doubt, but it was just so kind of cringy to, to just watch that scene. Um, so I'm really hoping that he's not John Dutton the third's relative, his ancestor. I think, I think um, Spencer is more like better suited for to carry on that lineage. Um, but again, I didn't know if that was the foreshadowing when, you know, Emma's or not Emma, Elizabeth's talking about like, oh, we are the future now. Like this is the future talking about the child um, or if it's just kind of misdirecting us, wanting us to think that, you know, she's going to have John the second, who's John Dutton's um, the third's dad. Um, you know, do they want us to think that, but they're really going to switch it up at the end and, you know, have it be Spencer and Alex. Who knows? But uh, poor Jack, he just needs some basic lessons. And there's some, and there's been foreshadowing about Spencer and Alex, you know, and they're, them having a child and that being, you know, the future John Dunn, like Alex a bit has mentioned our son uh, a, a few times so far, but yeah. Do you do anyone do any one of you guys think the that um Alex is pregnant right now? I do. <laughs> I definitely do. Um I do and you know we'll see what happens, but we also don't know. Um, you know, Captain of the Tugboat was sick. Do they get sick? Um, there's still a lot of unknowns. All right, predictions for episode seven. What do you guys think is gonna happen? In the next episode, this is coming up Sunday. I I think we see more loss for the Duttons. Uh, I think we see more inroads being made by uh, Banner and uh, why do I keep forgetting this man's name? Say his name. The guy that's backing him up. Donald Whitfield. Whitfield. Banner with I, I think we see uh, more inroads being made into the uh, the Yellowstone property. Uh, and we continue to see the, the, the Spencer and Alex journey uh, as it gets closer, hopefully to the States uh, by the end of the episode and hopefully get them on their journey to get there. Like at this point, it's like, hey, we need we need you there. Um, and I think we'll see a, a big shift in, in uh, Tiona and Hank's relationship in some type of way, like 
either because the the imminent danger uh, or, you know, we'll see a side of Hank that, you know, maybe we haven't seen, but we'll, we'll definitely see a big break in their relationship. Marshall, about you? Um, I definitely think, um, like Tristan said, we do see some more movement of Spencer and Alex's journey. Hopefully they finally make it to Marseille and then find a way to get back to the States. Um, I do see more happening with Tiona and her, her storyline. Maybe uh, next episode is when somebody finds out that the grandma has been killed and then like what the fallout will be from that. Uh, more Harrison Ford, I think, of him just Jacob getting stronger and maybe taking a more active part in building this posse. Um, and for some reason, I think that maybe they're going to have some infiltrators join in the posse that may not have like the best interests at heart and might be working for for Banner and for Donald. So we'll see. But um, I just have some sort of inkling that that's something that might happen. I didn't think about that. That's actually a good point about potential infiltrators because they're desperate right now. They're hiring whoever. If you have a if you have a a, a pulse and you're a man, you're pretty much fit for the job at, at this point. Um, I think there are three guys in so far out of twenty that they're trying to hire. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see, man. We'll definitely see. Tristan, Marcy, thank y'all so much for joining us today. Um, please, and for the Watchers Universe, if you have any questions, you wanna you wanna leave a comment like share post um follow us on social media as well We're on facebook twitter instagram at watchers basements um leave us a five star rating um let's grow our audience please we're at um the road to 500 is live in full effect so we're trying to get 500 subscribers so please and also if there's any other shows or movies you want us to cover you know we have, we have an inbox on facebook and instagram inbox us let us know what you're interested in for myself for Tristan, for marcy or this is for yellowstone episode six I mean, I'm sorry, 1923, a Yellowstone story, episode six, and we are done.